Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. How's it, everybody? My voice is even richer today because I have a bit of flu. It's going to be soothing, so you mustn't fall asleep. The idea is that on the 17th of June is Father's Day. Now, we divided in the camp in planning this thing. I'm saying we have our poiki course winter on the Father's Day, and we all sit and eat together. And then we're arranging a little car show for the dads, a few Lamborghinis, Ferraris, some GTRs, GTOs, on the field, some, some Porsches, uh, a Ranex, <coughs> a Golf 1, Vintage MGs. We, 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 we want to do that on Father's Day, but there's no use doing it when all of you are going to leave. So I'm actually asking, would that day work? Or should we just skip that day and do it on another day? Quickly, tell me, who thinks on the 17th of June it would work if we do that? Poiki course. Some of the fathers are saying they don't want to come and cook poikis. It's okay. I'm not going to fight with you. So we've got three. People, no, we should rather skip Father's Day. So we'll find another date. Okay, cool. See, sorted. Slightly democratic. Hey, you think so, Trevs? Are you happy? Oh, you won, that's why. So unfair. Okay, so we'll find another date. I just have to move. I organized two Lamborghinis already for the 17th, but I hope they're still available. I hope so. <coughs> it was a green and a white one. Um, you would have noticed that Marion was leading Jermaine's team today, worship team, because Jess is no longer pregnant. They are now parents of two. So Madison Ray was born healthy. Um, Jess is doing well. They seem to be settling into parenting too. Um, Emmy is doing well, so I think that's all good. And then there's one more announcement that I thought deserves a little bit of a punt. We didn't have power in Lombardy East because the felt fires burned down the substation. So at first you're quite annoyed about it, and then you realize probably somebody made a fire because they were freezing. So I'm playing on your emotions, totally 100%. We need funds for the love in a bucket. We need our Malacanya fund to look better so that this winter we can help those people so that Molly's and I can have electricity. <laughs> no, man, not really. It's not that selfish. Come on, guys. It's a noble thing. The Bible says we must look after the poor. It is a noble thing that ushers in the pleasure of God, and he honors it. So please, I, I'm asking you, our Molokanya fund is down to zero. I'm phoning friends in, the, uh, in, in KZN to send us buckets so that we can get blankets and stuff to the people like we did last year. Please, if there's anything you can give, 20 rand, 50 bucks, whatever, just get together, give it, market Malukanya. We will know that it's for Malukanya and love in a bucket. All right. Is that clear? Yeah? Okay, there is, we've got the social investment arm to this, which means we are Section 21 company weight 18A status. So if companies and people want to donate, they can donate and get a tax certificate. That is for donations to the poor. 
We don't issue that tax certificate for anything else. We're not in the process of, of helping you avoid tax. Okay. But it's been tested. It's been like that for years. So companies will tell you that have done it before. Individuals that have done it before will tell you our tax certificates stand to scrutiny because we do, do th run things quite well. So please... Father, I ask you for the ability this morning to communicate what's on your heart, Lord. This morning, I ask for a special anointing to usher in something of a revelation and, and, and make known the presence of Holy Spirit. We ask you for this, Lord. As elders, we ask you for more Holy Spirit of your focused attention presence that we focus our attention on your presence, Lord, and we actually see you manifest tangibly here. We ask you for that, God. Not just on isolated moments and days, Lord, but on all the days. Without you, Holy Spirit, like Moses said, without your presence, we cannot depart from here, God. We ask you for that, my Lord. In this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the relationships, we're busy with it. Don't have to stress, it's going to be wrapped up in a few weeks. But this morning, it is Pentecost. So what do you think we're going to focus on? Relationship with the Holy Spirit. There we go. Are you all expectant? You should be. You should be because he is eager to make himself known. Eager to make himself known. Who of you know that the Holy Spirit manifesting tangibly with tongues of fire, with the evidence of people speaking in tongue, didn't just happen in Acts 2. It can still happen. We should be expecting it to happen. Okay, there are three people with me in this message this morning. Should I turn the heaters off? Is it too cozy in here? Because somebody is slipping off to sleep. But relationships sometimes takes a detour. A relationship takes a detour because you do not understand who the parties are in the relationship. Remember relationship meaning two of us together, working together, having fellowship. Any parent here that sometimes has found themselves saying to their children, I am your dad. Who are you speaking to? That is your mother. Do you, do you really think those kids, the children do not know who they're speaking to? But in the moment, they've lost sight of who they are speaking to. Do you think in that moment, well, maybe for some of us, we have to remind ourselves we are the parent when we say that. And it's actually more a reminder for us when we say, I am your father, that you actually realize, okay, I need to step up now. But you don't actually forget that you are the parent when you say that. Remember that ad... At the airport where the guy comes and stands at the info counter and he goes, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And she goes, attention please, attention please. There's a gentleman at the info counter who does, <laughs> who does not know who he is. Anybody able to assist, please come to the info desk. <laughs> it is not that scenario. It is we lose sight of who is in the relationship. 
we lose sight of who we are in the relationship. I think sometimes you just remind yourself, take a look at your spouse or take a look at your kids or take a look at your children or your friends and say, hey, who, who are we in this relationship? I'm your friend. And I cannot see you go down this path because it is as sure as 100 rands are blue in South Africa, you're going to head towards a cliff. I think sometimes it happens with the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we forget who we are in relationship with. Who here has been filled by the Holy Spirit? Who has experienced the Holy Spirit? Who speaks in tongues, a new language between you and God? The other thing that happens with relationships, how they go awry, is that we sometimes have expectations in relationships that are not voiced and not met. Sorry, I keep drawing references from my children, but they do sometimes expect a little bit much of us. In our house, the first bite and the last bite is mine. Don't you go and finish the last little bit of soda in the fridge. It's mine. I don't care if it's flat, it's mine. I've made that expectation clear. But now as they grow up, they have different expectations, but they don't voice them. But I tell you, they can sulk when you don't meet them. Now I'm talking about what I've observed in other families, not to bring any shame on my children. But relationships have expectations, spoken or unspoken. I would say that there's conflict and disappointment when we don't voice them. And I think we sometimes engage the Holy Spirit also to a degree with not clarifying expectations. We are trying to teach our children that there is a healthy, natural level of reciprocity. Reciprocity. Reciprocity in relationships. There is an expectation that as I feed you, you take the plate to the kitchen. It's healthy. It's normal. It's responsible. It's accountable. But you know, they don't just get it. We have to teach them. So the other day, I said to them, from now on, I will not be cooking the meat. I will just be serving it raw. Because my expectations are not being met. So you give me half a job, I'm going to give you half a job. It's cruel, I know. Um, But there should be an expectation that, not because of a must or a demand, but because of a love and a respect. I wrote down some misnomers about the Holy Spirit that I found in my life. 
So maybe a, a little bit vulnerable, but I'm hoping that some of the things I say you can relate to. Maybe you can't. Maybe you've got it all together, and that's a glorious place to be. I want to say do not move if you are in a good space. But one of my things is I think I sometimes think about the Holy Spirit as a substandard replacement of the presence of God here on earth. I read about Jesus in the, in the Bible and I read how he gave himself up for me. And I'm like, that is amazing. You are my savior. And then, oh, Jesus says later, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And yes, the Holy Spirit came. Isn't it wonderful? He's going to do this and this and this for me. I found myself in a space where I engaged the Holy Spirit, possibly with less, less awe and reverence and respect. Because I forget who I am in relationship with. He's not less of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all equal in the Trinity. All God. And I want to engage him like he's some sort of a appendix and add it on. A less than. The afterthought. Oh, let's not leave them alone. Let's just send the Holy Spirit to, to fill that gap. The Holy Spirit. I love how Levi speaks about it. He says Holy Spirit. He doesn't say the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person who is the fullness of God. Different in function, but one. Another thing that I found myself is I sometimes classify the Holy Spirit as this meek and mild <laughs> force that speaks love only and dances over people with ribbons and tambourines and flags. Ooh, there goes the flaky thing again. I think Christianity today has reduced the Holy Spirit to this thing that makes us feel good. Tickles our fancies. Tells us we are loved. Adored. Oh, dance with me. Dance with me. Ribbons and pills. Not to be disrespectful, but the Holy Spirit is not some flaky hippie force that comes in rainbows. But we're comfortable with that because it fits into what we see in the movies, doesn't it? Rainbow ponies that come and save the day. The Holy Spirit is God. It has a presence. It should be desired and it should be honored and respected. The next thing is I've sometimes thought, yeah, Jesus is the activator. Father is the instructor. Holy Spirit is the power. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit down, tired. I've got the flu. Oh, Holy Spirit, come with your power. And we strip the Godhead of the facets that it has and that it holds and the majesty that it holds. We strip it and we say it's, it's not there 
for any authority. It's just there for empowering. And I've got this expectation when I'm down, Holy Spirit, you must come and recharge me. Maybe then I'll be able to worship you. <laughs> Maybe then I'll be able to listen to you. But first empower me. Oh. Quickly pray in tongues. Let the power of God just come on me because that's what the Holy Spirit is. It is what the Holy Spirit is. But it is not the fullness of what the Holy Spirit is. I think this thing strips us of our submission to the Holy Spirit. Because nowadays, people sit in front of me and tell me, I feel that the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this and this and this, but I'll just pray a bit more. My goodness. The Godhead is speaking to you, and you're going to pray a bit more. What for? It's not a schizophrenic God. It has spoken. It has authority. It isn't sub-authoritative because it's one of three that was left with us. Oh, come on. We can negotiate with the Holy Spirit because it's just the empowering that serves my needs. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay, Holy Spirit, when you... When you do this, then um, maybe I'll do this. And oh, what are you saying about that relationship? But I really think, I really think I should. It is Godhead three in one. Emmanuel God with us. The Holy Spirit chooses to dwell with us. We don't bless it by bringing our presence and our attention to it. To them, to him, to her. I don't know. The next thing we think is the Holy Spirit is the mother. In that, I want to say anybody who has a mother should know that that doesn't diminish anything. Mothers are probably just as strong as fathers, just different roles. But you know what? There was a father, there was a son, now there's a mother. So the Holy Spirit is there just to kiss your boo-boo and make it better. And maybe put a little plaster on where the Aina is. Oh, shame. Did the bad little thing, the world, scratch you again? Come, I kiss it better. The Holy Spirit is the all-authoritative Godhead, just like the rest, who comes and sometimes says to you, suck it up. You only got scratched because you went and played in the thorns and the thistles. Now walk out of it. You are who I say you are. The gentle goader of people. I sometimes find myself like, like it's just gently going to nudge me. Who has ever felt the Holy Spirit push you <laughs> to do something? But now we describe to people when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's this gentle nudging. Hi, guys. I have, I have been pushed to the point where I, I, I found myself somewhere where I didn't even want to be speaking to somebody who I didn't like, saying something I didn't know before I could count to three. 
The Holy Spirit isn't just a gentle goader. Yes, it is, but it's also a force that comes and says, you will obey because you have chosen to submit to me. Now walk in this. And then another thing that I've been taught in my church history that I think sometimes shaped a little bit too much of what I believe about the Holy Spirit is that it's parakletos. Everybody else heard that? The covering that comes and hover over like a mother hen. Wings are there. Ooh, it's nice and cozy and warm. And it envelops. And it is that. But it's so much more. It is that thing, the presence of God that comes and envelops. It's true. But there are other E's also. See how I brought my alliteration in. The Holy Spirit comes and erases your past. I've got this eraser that you can erase manually and then We've got this, um, Levi's got this sketching one that you push a button and it's motorized. My goodness, if you keep it in one spot, I think it erases right through the page. But it comes and it quickly erases your past and says, with it, I take away shame and guilt because I am God and I will break down those things that hold you back from your past. It comes and it erects. I want to ask you to go and stand outside on the patio and look at the field where there used to be spinach. Can you guys remember when we planted the spinach fields with the, with the um, what was the co-op? Just across the way, there used to be spinach. And then after that, there used to be blackjacks. Only. And now after the service, you go and stand there and you check what has happened. It is flat. It is cleared. It is clean. It is level. We forget that in the process to erect, there needs to be a process of cleaning out and leveling so that what is erected can find its foundation and strength in how it is rooted. The Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit establishes truth. Jesus describes it as when the spirit of truth comes, you will know the truth. And sometimes it's that Holy Spirit voice inside of you shouting the truth when all you want to believe is the lie of the enemy. I am nothing. I am shameful. I am worthless. And it says you are son. You are daughter. I will break down those lies with everything that is in me. But sometimes we reduce it to enveloping. Single-faceted enveloping. Three things before we spend some time together pursuing the Holy Spirit. John 16 from verse 8 to 15, if you want to open there. Verse 8 in the ESV. And when he comes, it's Jesus speaking about he, the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness 
and judgment because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And we go and make a theology out of the scripture and we say, oh, at this point, the Holy Spirit is subject to. And there is this thing of divine subordination. There is. But in this context, Jesus is saying, I'm going to be seated with the Father again. And we're going to talk like we did in creation and say, let there be. Let us. Let us create. And the Holy Spirit will come and make known to you those things because I can no longer speak to you because I will be there. But instead, we make this a hierarchical thing. That means Jesus is saying he will tell the Holy Spirit what to tell us. Like a broken telephone. Three things it says. He will bring conviction. Everybody understand conviction? It is that knowing when you know that you know that you know you should not buy that BMW. But you do it anyway. And then you have to replace the engine a few months later. And your wife can forever throw it in your face. But because of her grace and mercy, she never does. That conviction that comes in God. And the first thing he says, con conviction concerning sin. Because they do not believe in me. If you do not believe the truth about Jesus Christ and what he did for you in all things. I am interpreting that it is described as sin. How often does the Holy Spirit tell you, oh, Jesus is not pleased about this? How often do you walk in that conviction? Is it increasing or is it decreasing? Can I shout out a warning? If you find yourself in a decreasing cycle, come to the altar. <laughs> There's a possibility that you are slipping away and the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm here. Let me come and demolish those lies and establish the truth. The second thing it says is concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. I first thought about this thing and I thought righteousness because I'm not going to be here. I'm going to the Father. So Jesus can't tell me what to do to be righteous. And if we take sin as the first point being what not to do, I want to say righteousness being what to do. I'm going to do it again. I was trying not to do it. But you, if you have children... First of all, they steal the cereal at all times of the day. 
especially if it's chocolate-covered balls. They don't steal at their house, man. I'm just exaggerating. But you want to get them to stop doing that. But you also want them to start taking an apple. The right thing to do. Because an apple a day keeps the doctor away. The Holy Spirit comes and tells us what not to do. It comes and it tells us what to do to live righteously before him. But it also comes to remind us that Jesus Christ is with the Father. And because he is with the Father, we are righteous before him. Because if it was only what to do, we would find ourselves back in legalism and working out our own salvation. But the Holy Spirit comes when you've stuffed up and tells you, just remember, you are righteous because of Jesus Christ. He is seated in authority. The third thing it says concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I want to say the conviction the Holy Spirit should bring to us and should stir up in us is not just a gentle enveloping of the forces of darkness. It is warfare. The enemy is defeated, but he still has dominion. But we should rise up in warfare when he rises himself up against us. We should say, you are the judged one, not us. When you bring your lies and say, you are judged, you are wrong, we should say, no, you are. In Jesus Christ, we have been redeemed. We are righteous before the Father. But if one of those misnomers that you hold on to is that the Holy Spirit dances with a ribbon only, I want to say sometimes it is a whip that cuts through and destroys and breaks down. What not to do. What to do. And rise up in warfare. And fight for the presence of the Holy Spirit. The one that calls you son and daughter. The Holy Spirit is the giver of gifts. The Holy Spirit is the inspire of fruit of the Spirit. It's true. I'm not going to focus on that today. I'm going to ask us uh, on Friday, we had youth here. And um, we were talking about the prophetic. And one of the songs that the youth band did was, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. So I've asked them to come and sing it. They're going to set up now. Just the way they did it on Friday. Unpretentious and it was great. But I want to ask you this morning. What is the Holy Spirit gently nudging you but also aggressively pushing you into? Stop doing. Consider that for a few moments. Throw away those thoughts that I can negotiate with the Holy Spirit when it instructs me. 
and I need to stop or start? What are those things that it is telling you and calling you into? Acts of righteousness. Where you are, close your eyes and for a few moments say, God, what is it that you want me to start doing? What can I do more of that actually is already bringing you joy and pleasure? It's just a distraction. That's all it is. Instruments being plugged in and played. Focus on the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, what is it that you need to contend for in the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit saying to you, this is who I am in our relationship. I'm not less. I am expression of the Godhead right here with you. Why don't you rise up with me and fight Destroy the lies of the enemy. Stand with me like a warrior girl and a warrior boy. Let's do this together. Consider those three. Maybe he's speaking to you on one. Maybe he's speaking to you on two. Maybe he's speaking to you on all three. I know what he spoke to me about. Relationship with him. Realness of it.